Hello and welcome to Genuine Connections, where I invite friends and strangers and children and parents and dogs and cats to ultimately share stories and knowledge and just connect with one another. Uh, I am your host, Jen, and today I have Shaq! That's right, I got Shaquille O'Neal here! Just kidding. I do not have Shaquille O'Neal. I don't even know Shaquille O'Neal personally, although I don't even know this Shaq personally, but Shaq, welcome to this episode. All right, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, hopefully, I get to share my story and get to inform and make you know the everyday listener a little bit more knowledgeable. No, you're good. You're good. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Um, today, we're going to talk about uh, the thing that many people enjoy. Well, I don't want to say enjoy, but it's it's a hot topic right now, and it's kind of been hot for. I want to say decades, I guess. It's, it's just, it's always kind of trendy. Trendy because it's, uh, it's an important thing to discuss, yeah. I guess. Um, we're going to talk about how, how race affects different facets of society, whether it's race and money, race and education, race and mental health. Um, Actually, okay, I don't want to sound ignorant. This might sound super ignorant, and maybe it just depends on who you talk to. But, like, if I... All right, I'm just going to say it. Like, if I were to describe you from maybe, like, a white person's perspective as, like, hey, this is my black friend, or this is my African-American friend, is there, like, a preference that you have? Or, like, what do you think, like, other black people... Like, I usually say black... Like, I'm... Don't say African American. I'm gonna be honest. I don't. But like, was that offensive? To me personally, not really. Um, to most black people that I talk to, being called black doesn't offend us. You know, sometimes things that make it really cringe is when somebody tries to be too PC and they say certain words, like you know, for example, oh, this is my African American friend. Nobody really says that. It's like, yeah. You know, it, it, I mean, you're being I, like over politically correct. Yeah. Right? It's like okay, just you're fine. Just. You're fine. Yeah, nobody, nobody's going to get mad at you for calling them black. You know, the, the, the issue that, that a lot of people have when it comes to race is that a lot of people are in fear of it because a lot of few have made a big deal about some small things that, you know, doesn't affect our everyday life. When it comes to the bigger picture, a lot of people try to toss it aside, which is, which is what the issue is. I have with people trying to be so politically correct with when, when naming or stating, oh, Hey, this is my black friend. That's okay. Mm-hmm. As long as you're not out here screaming the hard R at me, I don't care. Yeah, I, I just I hate how like mainstream, like mainstream media, just really makes me feel like I have to walk on eggshells around black people. I guess I honestly don't like one of my best friends is black. Mm-hmm. His name is Joe Jonas. It's so cool. I come like, like, hey, I'm Leo Joe Jonas. Anyways, but, um, I just, like, I don't, I don't know. I just don't like how they make me feel like I have to act a certain way. I I feel that way. I feel like whenever I'm around someone who is black, I feel like the media is portraying a way that I need to act around them. And I, and I'm not a fan of mainstream media, so I don't listen to them. Like, if I, like, okay. Oh, I just try to 
I'm very like a big fan of you do you, be yourself. So like I'm gonna be with you who I am with my other friend. Like I really don't put race into account. Like if you were someone else here, I'm still gonna act the way that I am. I just wanna know you for you and I'm gonna be me as I am. Does that make sense? Like I just I wanna hear your story. Okay, so here's the thing. What? Um, that's the, that's another thing too. That's all great and dandy. Um, the thing is, a lot of black people, we don't want you to feel like you have to walk on eggshells with us. And I would yeah. think that's true, yeah. I mean, yes, the the media perpetuates that you need to be in, in fear and you need to act a certain way and you talk a certain way around black people. That's not the issue. For a lot of black Americans, um, the issue we have, it's not about you having to, to be scared of us. It's about that we're asking to be treated equally, not treated differently because of the color of my skin. I don't want you to I don't want you to feel sorry for me because of the color of my skin. I just want it to where, you know, if I go and get an apartment, I don't want you to, to charge me two, three hundred dollars yeah. extra a month in comparison to my white roommate when they go in and try try to try to get an apartment. Yeah. I don't want to have to feel like my life is more in danger if a cop pulls us over. I'm I have to be be scared for my life that I'm more likely to get dragged out and handcuffed even if you're the, the one perpetuating the crime and I'm not doing anything at all. You know, or even the fact that just because somebody's name sounds a little bit more black, they're they're three times less likely to get hired for the same job than somebody with a white name. You know, mm -hmm. if you you can you can act however you want to act around me, and this is one of the biggest quotes that I live by. You don't have to respect me, but you just don't disrespect me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I I really uh, like that we're having this conversation. Just because I guess I haven't really had this kind of conversation with someone who is black, I guess. Mm -hmm. So it's nice to get some enlightenment in my life that's not portrayed by mainstream. They're not trying to like tell me what black people want or think. And and I guess we're kind of generalizing, but like like what do you say the majority of your friends are? Do you have like majority black friends, white friends? Is it pretty diverse? Like, my friend group is, is pretty diverse. Um, it's gonna sound kind of funny, but uh, most of my friends, even in college, they were black guys. Because I, I grew up playing basketball, I played basketball in college a little bit. Most of my female friends, though, are white and black. <laughs> I apologize. That's but, hilarious. But that's what happens when you're when you're when you go to a PWI, which is a predominantly white institution. I was surrounded by predominantly white people. So, you know, I have a, a lot of white friends, both male and female, more female than male, um, because of that, you know? And that doesn't mean that I don't have any black female friends or anything like that, I do. Yeah. Um, but I, my perception of, of race and how I see my white friends perceive it, you know, um, I feel like it needs to be talked about. A lot of people are, are afraid to have these talks because one side is uh, afraid that they're going to get they don't, want to be, they don't want to offend you? Well, once I does it, well, not, not that. Um, when it comes to talking to white people about race, a lot of white people, they get defensive about it because they're like, why is this being brought up when slavery was 400 years ago, you know, two, 300 years ago? But what a lot of people don't real, fail to realize is that slavery and just the, the mindset of racism has had a butterfly effect on this time now. And how, yes, you know, Civil Rights Act was passed in 1963, but I still face a lot of adversity as a person of color. 
from job opportunities, from being in education, from, from receiving healthcare and being treated appropriately, not only at, at work, but also in everyday life by those that, that are supposed to protect and serve me. Mm -hmm. Can you share, so, okay, would you agree or disagree to this statement? The treatment of black people has gotten better since slavery. In some parts. Okay. Um, it's, it's better now in the sense of we're not getting whipped to work um, and, and forced to work in cotton fields. But listen, let me tell you something. Modern day slavery still exists amongst the black community and it's in our US uh, prison system. There's a little clause uh, that came from, which, which amendment was it? Was it the 13th or 14th amendment that, uh, that was ratified, uh, ratified by Abraham Lincoln that freed the slaves? There's a little clause in there where it, you're, a person is allowed to be enslaved or be forced to do harsh labor if for punishment. It's, it's in the Constitution. A lot of people don't realize that. The largest group that uh, that ends up in being being behind bars and end up working in the prison system a lot of the time black people. Black people, yeah. Okay, so you're saying some of the parts that have changed are a little better, but in some ways it's just different. Yes. Okay. Can you elaborate on some of the things that you have experienced that has been detrimental to you because you are black? Uh, the, the, one of the biggest things I'd have to say um, is my, my education. Um, I went to a university down before my eyes, Florida Gulf Coast University, and I faced a lot of adversity because of the color of my skin. Not from, not from my classmates, uh, from my classmates. I'd have to say that this yeah, generation, this gener our generation is a lot better when it comes to race issues. Because that, actually that's what I was going to say. I'm from, that's where I moved from. I moved from Fort Myers. I was really close to Florida Gulf Coast. That's where my friend Joe is. And actually he's in Naples. But people our age seem to be totally fine. Yeah. I wouldn't say totally fine. We have a little bad apples here and there. But for the most part, my time at Florida Gulf Coast University was, was great amongst okay. my peers. Um, the issues I had were with my, my professors. Really? Um, I'm gonna give a Wait, what's the it. what's the ratio of like the diversity population ratio? At FGCU, I'd say it's like 60-70% white. Um, I think in terms of like the population of black students, we all know each other, to be honest with you. Y'all know each other? Yeah. <laughs> if you if you black at FGCU, you just, you know, you you, you know each other. You know each other. You okay. see each other each other around campus. Yeah, you might not know we might not know each other's name, but we know who we are, you know. Yeah, okay, it's that small. Okay, um, but it's, it's kind of a small campus though too. Relatively, it's it's it's, it's medium size. We have around fifteen to sixteen thousand students. Okay, small to medium. Okay, um, but yeah, share your experience with um, professors. So, uh, I'll give you an example. Um, while I was in nursing school, um, I had a very blatantly racist professor. Like I'm talking, always making racially charged comments, always making racist jokes. Um, Were you the only black student in this class? Okay, in my cohort of nursing, I was only black male. I believe we had four, four or five black women. How um, big was this cohort? About 64 students. Okay. Yeah. Majority, I'd say close to 90% were white women. There were, there were about 54. Were you the only male in this cohort? Uh, no, there were nine males. 
Okay. Um, did he target you specifically or all the black people? Uh, she and it for the most part, yeah. A lot, a lot, like, and it wasn't, it wasn't just the black students either. <laughs> it wasn't just the black students. <laughs> it was Hispanic students too. Okay. Do you remember anything that this professor said? Um, yeah. Um, one story that sits with me to this day is uh, we were in foundation of uh, nursing and we were going over med administration, passing out drugs and administering drugs to the patients. Um, she came into the lab and there's, I believe there's 14 of us in the lab and, you know, 13 of the students were white and I was the only black person in the class at the time. Um, she told us about how she fell down the stairs and bumped up and bruised her hip, right? And then she points to me, the only black person in the class, and says, oh, I bet it wouldn't show up on you, though. And the crazy thing was, she was the only one laughing. Everybody else, like, gasped. And they looked shocked. And, you know, I personally, you know, I was shocked, but I didn't react. I didn't say anything. I, uh, I didn't want to get aggressive. I didn't want to get angry. I just act like I didn't hear, you know, because in my mind, I was afraid of what would happen if I said anything. If you reacted. Yeah. If I reacted or said anything. Um, How old was this professor? She was in her in her 40s. She was in her 40s. Oh, she was only in her 40s? Yeah, she's about in her 40s. Only? Yeah. Hmm. But the thing is, she, the, she had a history of this. Um, oh. Because I've told some nurses, um, you know, that, that I worked with uh, about the story that, you know, some of them have had her as a professor. And they told me, oh, I, I guess much hasn't changed. You know, and that, that kind of shook me. I was like, well, this has been going on for a while. They're like, yeah. Has she been reported at her? Oh, oh, don't even get me started. Oh, so no. when I got into the nursing program, I got brought into, what is it, the OSS office or something. And they were asking me, like, why I left. They were like, oh, is it because of this professor? And You left nursing? Yeah, I switched out of nursing school. And I went to the sports medicine program. Because? Because of what I was dealing with her. Because of her? Yes. Was it just her? For the yeah, to be honest with you, and the reason the reason why I left was because she had so much control over the BSN program. Oh um, no! You changed your whole major because of her. Did she? Did you feel like uh, she graded you based off of your race? For the most part, yeah, because it was. How were you doing in that class? Her her class was the only class that I was like every exam I was just. Somehow, 76, 70, 74, 78. And then the last exam, um, I, I, I grinded. Um, and I just missed the cusp. Like, I had gotten the score I wanted to, but because of some weird, uh, weird like, rating hack or whatever, it, it didn't, I ended up not passing the class. Um, but one of my... Did other, you compare your score? Like, oh, how oh, you we did? we talked about it all the time. All, me and my classmates, we talked about it. There was another student. Um, she, had, she had gotten the same grade as me. And um, the professor bounced, bumped up her grade to pass her out of the class. And she everybody was, she knew was it. a white female? Yes, and everybody knew it because everybody was talking about it to me. And they were like, yo, you know, I'm not going to name that person's name, you know, because I'm not upset at that person, you know. I, I, I'm, I'm glad that she made it through, you know what I'm saying? Um, it was just my issue was with, with, with the professor. Um, but yeah, it was, it was just crazy how, how, you know, we all talked about it. We, we all saw it. Um, when the conversation came up with, with, with the school, they had told me, you know, you know, students have reported her before. 
she had her folder. Um, I say probably about an inch thick of complaints. And they, did, what has the school done? Um, the school hasn't really done anything. I before I left that office, I told them I was like, listen, I'm not coming back. You might tell me I can fart and get back in the program, but I don't want to come back. I just want something to be done about her. Nothing was done. Wow. The most that happened is she taught one or two classes less, but she's still in, in the program, you know, uh, which which also was a wake-up call for me. Like, this school doesn't give a fuck about me, you know. I don't give a damn. So, yeah. We talk about it, but issues we don't – we try not to talk about it as much because a lot of people – always say, oh, you guys are just race baiting. You guys are using race as an excuse for everything. A lot of the times, we're not using it as an excuse for everything. It's something that affects us so regularly that it happens a lot more than people think, and they feel like we're just bringing it up just to bring it up. Use it as a trump card for everything. That's so interesting. Like, I guess the majority of my friends are white. I guess. What about, you just told me you had a black friend. I do. Okay. I do. I, I have, I don't have very many black friends. Very, very few. He's probably it. <laughs> he's probably it. But he's, oh man, let's see how you feel when I say this. He's black, but he's not black. <laughs> see, see, okay, so, so. Oh, here we go. Okay, so, okay. So I get what you're saying. <laughs> um, and like, you know, I, I got that a lot growing up. I, I, you know, the only people, you know, the older I get, the less that I that I've gotten it. But I, I kind of, I, I kind of have some issue with with, with that. With, yeah, because okay, people people think the fact that, for example, I articulate pretty well. I'm, you know, from when I'm talking to a lot of my my coworkers, a lot of them older than me. Um, but from the way that I talk, from the way that I carry myself, I, I you know, I've been told that oh, you're not really black. You're, you you act like you act like you may have black skin, but you act like a white guy. You're an Oreo. You're black on the outside, white on the inside. I was like, so I can see how that's a little offensive. Yeah, because it's like so because because I'm educated because because of how I carry right. myself, you feel like all you feel like black people can't be different. That because of right, the there's like that superior inferior thing going yeah. on with and that the, comment and the perception that you know all black people are thugs and you know and all this other stuff. Yeah, I and, hear you. I hear you. But I, I get what you're saying about the friend. Like, you know, I, I, I make the joke sometimes. I'm like, I call those, those people like, man, they boys, you feel me? I'm like, I'm like, listen, bro, like, you wouldn't be able to survive a day in the hood. And like I said, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I feel like, I, you know, I've been in the hood before, you know? Yeah. Um, did, I, did I grow up in the hood? Not necessarily. You know, when I lived in New York, um, I grew up in, in the hood for a little bit. But for the most part, most of my most of my childhood and even most of my adult life, I grew up in a lot of white spaces, mm -hmm. you know. But because I used to play basketball, I used to go in the hood all the time, you know what I'm saying? Um, so I know I'd be able to at least handle myself in not only white space and also black spaces. But there's a, there's a thing called code switching, where right now you, you might see me because I'm, a, I'm, I'm around a white person. I carry myself differently. But when I'm around somebody who looks like me, you know, you got, you got a completely different shack. It's not. Yeah. It's not even fake. It's like it's more of like a survival. People, people are like that, though, right? Yeah. Like, even in just different uh, environments, you go to work, you're gonna act one way. You with your friends, you're gonna act one way, mm -hmm. and you're not being fake. You just need to present. You're just trying to present yourself differently in the right tone, in the right place, with the right people. Um, so I totally understand that. Even even with different friend groups, you may act a little bit differently. 
based off of where you met or oh, no. how you I, were acting. I act the same. Asking to my friends. One friend group to know with my white friends, I act the same exact way with my black friends. Ain't, oh, no, well, ain't, no, ain't no difference. At work, at work, though, yeah, I tone it down a lot. Um, you tone it down. Uh, I, I mean, like, granted, I have my moments where, like, I don't want to say I, I get the other side come out a little bit, but, like, I have my moments where I'm just like, yo, who the fuck you talking to me like that? You know what I'm saying? And it's like 45, 50 year old lady. I was like, yo, check your tone. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, but for the most part, I, I usually keep myself, I try, to, I try to make sure that I don't come off as aggressive or impressive. Most of, most of the white people around me, and even my coworkers, they'll be like, you, you mean Shaq? He's such a teddy bear. <laughs> you know, but they don't really know what I've been through or what I've done in yeah. my life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, um, talk about your work. I know you've had trouble with your work. Okay. Um, Do you want to? Yeah, I got no problem with it. Okay. Um, for the most part, uh, when it comes to when it comes to being black in in healthcare, um, or even just being a black patient. At, at any healthcare facility, um, it can be a little trying. And what I mean by that is most most doctors, most most PAs, most nurses um, are predominantly white. You know? Yeah. And when you get down to the nurses and stuff like that, they're predominantly white females. Mm-hmm. Um, nursing is 90% white women. Like, to this day, mm-hmm. to this day, it's 90%. Um, and that's, and that's, a, that's something that blows people mind. I was like, you, you're not going to really see many other, other minorities. You're not going to see a lot of Asians or a lot of, a lot of, uh, black people working in there. A lot of, a lot of them want to be nurses, but a lot of black people that work in healthcare, we see them as tax, see them as CNAs. Um, and from my perception and from talking to a lot of the, the other black people in my life, you know, family members and just, you know, I talked to a lot of the, a lot of our old heads in my community. Um, it seems like when it comes to even getting up to being a nurse, it's gatekeeping, gate, gate, gate kept. Like they try so hard to stop black people from making it through. My experience in the nursing program isn't an anomaly. It's not something that, that, you know, only happens to a few of us. It happens to a lot of us. You know, even some of the black nurses I work with, you know, I tell them, I told them my story and they've told me, you know, I went through the same thing. You know, I had my professor that was treating me differently. I switched schools, um, and I, you know, I had my, my aunt. She had told me she had to go through like four different schools, four different nursing schools before she had her BSN. Oh my gosh! Yeah. So, um, and then when it comes to the care of the patients, you know, I see how a lot of these white nurses, or a lot of these nurses in general, they treat a patient differently because of the color of the skin. The perception of, of that patient is different. You know, uh, I remember there was this one. Um, old white guy. He was he was just being an ass, asshole. You know, excuse my language. But they were kissing his ass. <laughs> Anything this man wanted to do. Right? Um and the reason why it bugged me was because there was another another patient, uh black dude, older black gentleman, that we were also taking care of. And, you know, what bugged me was they would they would talk mess about him behind his back when they were at the nursing station. Or, you know, they, they, did, they didn't care to help him out as much. Um, I made sure that when it came to, to this older gentleman, I tried to go above me on and do whatever I could, you know, to the point where he felt the most comfortable talking to me um, in, comparison to, in comparison to the nurses and stuff like that. But I see things all the time where just because, uh, because of the color of a patient's skin, uh, nurses want to treat patients differently or 
for example, uh, uh, sickle cell anemia, it predominantly affects African Americans and black people. Um, you don't really see it all that much in white people. You know, it's very rare. But we had a patient uh, that was in excruciating pain. Um, and for the most part, a lot of, a lot of white people don't know uh, or have somebody in their family that has had, that has to consult or how it can affect their everyday, their, their daily life. Or what, what is this? Sickle cell anemia. What, what happens? Okay. So basically, sickle cell anemia is whenever your red blood cells are shaped like a sickle, like a moon crescent. Okay. So what ends up happening is that your body, um, your blood isn't able to transport oxygen as, as well as somebody that uh, doesn't, doesn't have sickle cell anemia. Okay, so this patient was having this, and yeah. So the thing with sickle cell anemia is that because your 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 blood isn't transporting oxygen as well, you end up having issues later on in life. And I didn't know this until I, until I studied it. Where most individuals they don't live past fifty. Most individuals with sickle cell anemia don't live past fifty. They end up they end up dying from uh, organ failure because their body's not receiving uh, transporting enough oxygen to their to their organs. Um, but there was a young young patient about 22 um, that was that was in excruciating pain because he was having an episode and it, it crushed me and hurt my soul when I kept hearing the nurses saying that he was a drug seeker and I talked to this patient I said hey man you know like what's going on he's like I'm just in a lot of pain um, I was like are you, are you usually in this he's like no this is the first time it's ever been this bad I'm like do you you know I, I try to come to him and be like are, do you use drugs frequently he's like no um, it's just that the pain meds aren't really working for me right now. And I'm in uh, a large, I mean, excruciating pain. And I've seen it where multiple patients that have sickle cell anemia that are going through one of these episodes, a lot of the time during excruciating my pain, regardless who the patient is. And it's always the same thing. You guys don't understand what they're going through. You know? Right. So. That's right. That's really yeah. right. So I'm going to go back a little bit. Mm-hmm. You talked about, so it seems like you've experienced and you've seen other black people experience some level of racism. Yeah. Um, like I said before, I don't have very many black friends. Mm-hmm. I do have lots of um, friends that would be considered minorities. Like I'm from Seattle mm-hmm. and sometimes I'm a minority. It's just because mm-hmm. there's so many Asians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so I feel like I got actually a diverse group of friends, but I never least saw them because I had a lot of Asian friends mm-hmm. and it was mostly Asian and white. It was kind of a good mix. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I, I never saw them experience, uh, racism then it can experience it. Okay, so let's let's talk about this. Let's let's, let's dig into this. Okay. All right, this is this is something. But, but they're also about. most. I feel like most of my friends back home. First of all, I have like no guy friends. Mm-hmm. I switched since I moved to Florida. Now I have more guy friends. And then back home, I had a mixture of like white and Asian okay. female friends, and that was it. And okay. I don't think. I mean, maybe we just didn't talk about it. But from what I've seen, they hadn't experienced it from what from what I know okay. from what I know so okay so I will admit you know these people are a minority um, in this country but they have a more positive um, image I would agree with that I would okay. totally agree with that so in terms of let's talk about education 
huh, Asian students are more likely to get favored by the teacher than somebody like me. Yes. I have to work two, three, four times as hard as them to show that I'm smart. The assumption is because they're Asian, they are smart. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of financial gain and wealth um, and opportunities to grow, um, they're more likely to get approved for a loan than, than somebody like me. You know, I'm not saying that, that racism towards Asians doesn't exist, but it's not something that is... It's not, it's not necessarily maybe as detrimental. You guys don't yeah. have this. You guys don't experience the same types of racism. Yeah, and, and I, I'm not. I'm not trying to make this make this a competition between right. who's struggling more yeah, yeah, yeah. and everything like that. But you're not going to really hear them talking about it because they're not going to be experiencing the same sort of racism. Yes, there's there's things where where Asian Americans will will get attacked because of what's going on. For, for example, right now with the coronavirus, you know. Um, you have the issue where a lot of Asian people are fa facing hate because of that, but that's something that's that's true. That's something that that hasn't been that wasn't extremely prevalent before for before corona. Yes, you have sometimes uh, where Asian people are attacked, but I'm gonna be honest with you, especially in Asian culture, they're extremely racist towards Black people. You want you want to talk about a group that that has shown that they 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 personally don't like Black people is. Is, is, is Asians. How, how come? So, and I'm not talking about Asian Americans. I'm talking about. I'm talking no, about I think Asian you're Americans. right. I think you're right. Is it, um, like, I'm, I'm, I believe you. Uh, is it, do you think it's because they are afraid of you? No. It, the reason why is because in Asian culture, especially in East Asia, so we're talking about like China, Japan, yeah, yeah. the perception is that white, porcelain white, is beautiful. Dark skin is ugly. It, it doesn't have to do with oh. with fear. It has to do with 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 what's going on culturally, um, and even what's going on with, with China. You know that in China, where you know where it's where it's believed that corona the coronavirus started, um, they started banning Africans from going to stores in China. They had oh, and they had signs. So, so Since like, when? This, this was this was the early. This was like like a couple months after the they pandemic. They have the started. freakiest rules. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a lot of times with, with, with Asian countries, the perception of you being black is you've been met with two things. Amazement, because they assume that all black people are athletes, and that if you're, if you're over, over six foot, you, you must be a famous black actor, or they think you're a thug because of what they see on, on TV and see through media. So, but for the most part, when it comes to like Asian Americans, you know, they, they like, they like black culture. There's a lot of them. Asian Americans that are involved yeah, in yeah. the black community. I'm, and I'm, and I'm, this is not me trying to give out no hate towards Asian Americans or saying that they don't have their own struggles. I'm just saying the struggles are different. So what I'm going through, they're not going to go through, especially um, when, when, you, when you talk to them. Right. Curious. Have you lived anywhere else? Or did you grow up here? You always lived here. Um, I've lived in Florida most of my life. Okay. I'm, but I'm originally from Jamaica. That's cool. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah, Wait, how long did you I don't have from? an accent, though. Um, well, I came to the U.S. when I was about five years old. Okay. I lived I lived in New York for about a year or two, and then I went from I went from New York. I lived in Orlando for a few years. Went from Orlando to Tallahassee. Lived there for a few years. Went from Tallahassee to Fort Myers. Went to high school in Fort Myers. Went to college in Fort Myers, and then I came here to Tampa. Look at you! That is so cool. Um, have you gone back to Jamaica since? Yeah. Well, I, the last time I was in Jamaica was in two thousand and eighteen. I went, I, went, I went, that was the last time I was back. That is so cool. Um, 
Do you remember living there at all? As a kid, yeah. I mean, for the most part, everybody looked like me. You know, right. I didn't I didn't encounter my first white person until I came to the US. That's nuts. So So you met your first white person or any even any other No, well Jamaica's extremely diverse. Um, okay. We have a saying, how do you say? Um uh through through one many or so it was like I forgot what the exact quote is, but basically Jamaica's a lot more diverse than people think. Um there's 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 I've seen Asian, there's Asian people in, in um in, in Jamaica. There's Indian people. Like I'm actually part Indian. I'm one one eighth Indian. Not Native American well, part Native American, but also like Indian from India. Interesting. So Jamaica's diverse. It's just that there's not a lot of white people. Interesting. Yeah. Um, well, how would you, if you could describe Jamaica, because we actually have to wrap this up soon. Mm -hmm. If you can describe Jamaica in a few words, how would you describe it? And would you advise people to visit? I'm going to keep it a band with you. Uh, people's perception of Jamaica is based on where they go to the tourist, the tourist section. Right. You it's know? very touristy. Yeah, it's very beautiful there. But Jamaica is dangerous. And this is, you know, I love my country. You know, I love my people. Mm -hmm. But... It's not all uh, butterflies and rainbows like everybody think it is uh -huh. because of what they see on TV or what they've experienced while on vacation. There. Yeah. If you go to the real, real Jamaica, Jamaica, Jamaica's hard. It's 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 a struggle living there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that it's like it's like a third world country. Like we have we have iPods and iPhones and all that, but for the most part, a majority of the the population is living below the poverty line. You know what I'm saying? Making money here in the U.S. is a lot easier than making money. In in Jamaica so gotcha so if you live there if you're a resident it's rough but yeah. if you're there as a vacationer you just see that's where you see the butterflies and rainbows and yeah the tour sections are always nice and, and glamorous right and, when, and I'm not saying all of Jamaica is, is bad but for the most part when you go there you know what I'm saying especially white women uh, I'm kidding out your ass and trying to sell you from the money man they, they crazy out there in Jamaica they, they kill people <laughs> in broad daylight out there it ain't, it ain't, it ain't all sweet like mm -hmm. that, you know? Gotcha. Okay, I have two more questions for you, and then we gotta wrap it up. Okay. okay. I was gonna ask, if you think you grew up in a different place, like, would you experience the same type of racism you have? And, of course, your experiences are gonna be different. Like, you may experience the same level. Oh. It may be better, it may be worse, but no matter what, it's gonna be different because you're gonna grow up in a different place. But, like... From being from Seattle, it is very liberal. Mm -hmm. So like I, they they tend to be very open with diversity mm -hmm. and and race and everything. Like like they would definitely condemn racism. The whole West Coast, mm -hmm. I feel, is for that. Like like I don't know. Like they really condemn. Racism. Not to say that it's not over there, but I don't know, just being from that progressive city, it is not, it is not okay. Okay, so I'll put it to you like this. Um, I may have only been between New York and uh, Florida, but, you know, I talk to people. I talk to different people that have come in to, the, to, to Florida that have been and lived in other areas. And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. It doesn't change, regardless of where you go. It doesn't matter how liberal the city is. It doesn't matter how progressive uh, a city is. People are still still going to be racist. Um, and the thing is, is this is something that I learned, uh, you know, within the last few years. 
Just because somebody's a liberal progressive doesn't mean that they're they're not ignorant or racist. It's just the sheep and <laughs> it's, just, it's just the wolf and sheep clothing. The way that the way that they perpetuate different things is gonna come off completely different than a conservative will. But they're saying the same thing. And you know, having the forced diversity without any real change, you know, that, that doesn't really do anything with the black community. Yeah. So for example, having to reach a quota about the amount of black people you have working a specific job. That's insulting. You know? Yeah. Um, and I even face it now. Yeah, it fucking sucks being the token black dude. Being the one black hire they have. Being the one black dude. Even at, even at university, when, they, when they're looking for, for to show the diversity, they, they take pictures of all the black you know? And we don't make them a majority of the campus. They, they want to take a picture of all the black students together they, 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 in order to perpetuate their, their pamphlets. Yeah, diversity. This, yeah, not either. So how do you think we can educate people, make them less ignorant? I think, I think that the thing is, is that I think a lot of white America needs to, needs to look at themselves and ask, why do they feel fear when racists talk about it? Why do they get scared? Why do they feel so bad when, when, when you know, struggles of black people is brought up? And I'm not saying that every white person is racist, but a lot of white America has some racist tendencies or racist ideology. Uh, where, you know, I've met some extremely uh, liberal women, and, you know, we have a conversation, but, you know, when I talk to them, a lot of their mindset of how black people are perceived or just how their perception of black people are, it's very, it's very ignorant, you know? Um, and when I've tried to educate them, they've, they've uh, gotten upset um, because they're like, well, I've done this and I've done that and, you know, um, I've, I've been, like in college, I've encountered some girls that are like, oh, I'm not racist, I love black people, da 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 I was like, eh, excuse my language, I'm like, you have your mouth open for black dick, but when it comes to black issues, you, get, you got your mouth closed. Why is that? Mm. You know, um, you know and, and it's just, it's just that a lot of, a lot of left-leaning, um, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying like I'm, I'm a conservative or anything like that. I'm, I'm strictly in the middle. Um, but uh, a lot of a lot of left-leaning women, very uh, a lot of times they don't want to hear what other black people are going through. They want to tell us. They want to speak for us, and that's what I have an issue with. They want to tell us what black people are experiencing. They they want to tell people how black people are feeling. But when a black person actually like, nah, you got that all wrong. You know, they get upset with us. I'm like, you're saying very you're close-minded. To... Yeah. So. So. How do you feel about this whole conversation? Went pretty good. Um, <laughs> it went it went pretty good. Give I, it like a B rating. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I was gonna give it like a C because I don't feel like there was enough back and forth. I felt like you were you were too scared to say anything. Like you were, you were trying to hold back a little bit. Well, going into this, I didn't really know where it was gonna go. Mm. Uh, I kind of wanted you to lead. I wanted to hear. Actually, it kind of goes off of what you just said. Like, I'm here. I like to connect. I like it to be a two-way conversation. But you just were talking about how you don't like to be told uh, how you were feeling, how you're feeling. I'm not here. I'm more here to just ask the question because I don't know. I'm the one in this situation that doesn't know how you're feeling. And I don't want to tell you. 
I can tell you what I've thought, and I've asked, I've kind of told you like what I thought or I've had some questions, but I'm, I think for this episode, I need to know more about what it's like from your perspective. I mean, what, is there anything that you thought I would ask or anything you thought I would? Well, I just feel like, okay, so the thing is, is like, I've had a lot of conversations like this where people will like, you know, they'll ask their questions, but they won't really speak what's on their mind. They won't see how they really feel because they're afraid of how I'm going to react. I'm really not that afraid. Actually, here, here, let me get, here, here's something. Um, <laughs> um, I don't think you're going to like what I'm going to say. Go ahead, say it. <laughs> because it's the opposite of what we're doing right now. And I think you actually already said it. But you enjoy talking about race because it gets the issues out there. Mm -hmm. Right? For me... But again, I've talked about this with white people because I don't have a lot of black friends. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Let's go. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for it. This is the conversation that we need to have. Is I don't usually want to talk about race because I feel like that makes me sound more fucking racist. I feel like the more I talk about it, the more I bring it up, the more I hyper-focus on the topic when I really just want to know who you are as a person. I don't want to look at you and think about, oh, I'm talking to this black person. I want to look at you and think, hey, I'm talking to Shaq, who works in healthcare and likes to play basketball. Like, like race, if I talk about race, I'm just going to think about it. But if I talk about it less, I'm just going to think about you and your, your character traits, what you like to do, how the, you know, the connection between us, what's our relationship like, you know? Does that make sense? I, I get what you're saying, but the issue with that is if we don't talk about it, how are we expected to fix it? That's the issue. And, and, I, and I get that too. I totally, I totally understand. Yeah. I just don't want to talk about it all the time. The thing is, is that race, the, okay, I, I, I totally get that. Um, <laughs> but the issue is that race affects my life on a regular and daily basis. That's the reason why it's talked about so much. Imagine you, imagine the role reverse. Imagine you were a person of color and you had to deal with the things that Right, no, I, and I, under, I understand that. I understand that. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't have to worry about the things that you have to worry about that, uh, worry about. Like, I understand that that's something that affects you constantly. Like, I can empathize. Can I empathize with that? No, I can't empathize. Sympathize. I can sympathize with yeah. that. Sorry, I cannot empathize. I can sympathize with that. Yeah, and I mean... The thing is, and I've heard it from a lot of my friends, they're like, why do we have to talk about it? I see you as, as an individual. I don't care about what, what the color skin is. I was like, you might not care, but again, me as an individual, it's, it's, not, it's not me talking about it just because it's only, it impacts me, but it's, it affects my family. It affects the, my, my, the, future, my, the kids that I may have in the future. It's not about simply myself. It's about the, the, the collective. The, the, the diaspora of black people. So, so are you having these conversations every single day with people? Um, for, and are it making an impact? For the most part, not every single day, because again, a lot of people are afraid to talk about it. Um, but whenever I do have the opportunity, when I work, I work down in Naples. And you know, Naples is extremely conservative. <laughs> That's funny. Like 70, 70, 70 almost. Oh, that's a lot of old white people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, 
I've had a lot of conversations. I had an older uh, gentleman that worked in security, like 60, some former Marine, super, super conservative, mm-hmm. right? But anytime an issue comes on, he, you know, he comes to me, he'll talk to me about it. We'll sit yeah. down and have a conversation. And he's like, Shaq, you're the first, you know, you know, left, more left-leaning person that I've, that I've talked to that hasn't yelled at me, that hasn't made me feel bad for the way that I'm, I'm, I'm feeling. I'm glad that we can have this conversation so this yeah. way I can, you know, I can move. And, you know, slowly over time, you know, while I worked with him and stuff, we had the conversation. I saw his mindset shift a little bit because he, instead of, instead of it just looking at it from a white, white view, he looked at it and he put, he put me in the picture. He's like, damn, how would I feel if this happened to Shaq? Oh my God, this is something that could possibly happen. Like, for example, the, um, what, what happened? Um, there was a, there was the, uh, the shooting that happened a few years ago. I forgot. You know, there's always black people being shot by cops. But, you know, he asked me about it. He's like, what's your interaction with, with police? And I was like, I was like, listen, like, you, the way you see me, you know me. I'm a very respectful individual, you know, but I've been in situations where I've always been met with some aggressive tone or I've been, you know, treated aggressively where I've had friends that have been pulled over. And they're the ones out here smoking. They smell like brown ones. I don't smell like that at all. You know who they, you know who they handcuffed and searched? <laughs> me. Not my white friends. Me. Mm-hmm. If my white friends didn't say anything, I would have been the one that would have ended up in the back of a car park. Mm-hmm. You know? It's just, it's just little, little interactions like that where it's like, you know. Why don't you, like, would you want to become a motivational speaker? I've been told that a lot. <laughs> because I feel like you have the passion for it. The, the, issue, the issue with that is that motivational speaking doesn't do anything. You can, that's the thing, talking about it, talking about it and, and trying to get it out to the masses, the same same thing. Like you just said, I don't want to talk about it. You know, a lot of white people don't want to hear it. So me being a motivational speaker, and me trying so to So you're trying to do it on a more intimate level? Yes. I'm trying to change it one person at a, at a time. time. Having more intimate conversations. Yeah, so I, I agree with that um, way. <laughs> Great word choice, but I agree with that. Um, because, like, when I talk about more controversial things, if you're trying to speak to a large group of people, unless you're a fucking manipulator, entertainer kind of person, it's easy to get close to someone. And once you've built and established a relationship, it's more easy to get them to understand your passions and get on board with them. Because instead of them seeing another black person, what they'll see is, oh, that's my friend Shaq. Oh, mm-hmm. that's my coworker Shaq. How would I feel if Shaq was in this situation? Yeah. It's building that personal connection that allows me to be able to educate and change a lot of people's mindset. You know, you can't do that in a large group because they don't give a fuck about me. Mm-hmm. So. I think it takes time. It takes time. You've been saying that for years. Well, it's true. It's true. Like, you can't expect to change billions of people's minds in a day, a week, a year, a decade. Well, like, and then new this. generations show up and you got to convince them. I mean, to be honest with you, being from, you know, other countries treat black people a lot better than the U.S. does. Huh? A lot of other countries outside of the U.S. treat black people a lot better. Now, now like, I said, in, like I said, in China, either you're a celebrity, athlete, or you're, they perceive you as a celebrity. Yeah. But I can at least, at least I can, my, how I act, will, my situation will be better. Here in the U.S., it doesn't matter how, how I act. It doesn't matter how much money I make. It doesn't matter my degree. 
I'm just saying it's black. In other countries, if you got those little status things, they'll treat you a whole lot different. They'll treat you a whole lot better. So you're just trying, okay. So right now, because the goal is to make it so there's, you're, you're treated better. You're treated fairly. I'm not asking to be treated better. I'm asking to be treated like my white counterparts. Right, that, that's what I mean. That's yeah. what I mean. So, so like, for example, when it comes to, when it, like the story about rent, I'm not asking for you to make my rent lower because I'm black. No, and make I understand it the same, that. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I understand that. So what you're doing is just to try to have these intimate conversations. Mm -hmm. Okay. And is that it? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, yeah, that's going to take time. It's going to take a fucking long time. I mean, to be honest with you, it's, it's probably, I mean, with, with each passing generation, it gets, it's get, it gets better and better. I feel like because our generation has, you know, been more integrated in terms of like, you know, more, instead of it just being predominantly white schools, we have a lot more schools that are mixed with white, black, yes. Asian, and Hispanic. So the, the, in terms of, of, of ignorance when it comes to race is not as bad as let's say our parents' generation. Yes, <laughs> no, it's very true. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. Okay. We're going to have to wrap this up. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for joining me today, Shaq. Always a pleasure. This was a really good conversation. I feel like you still wanted more from me. Did you? No, the, the end was pretty good. You know, okay. finally, you finally said a little something. I did. I don't, I, don't, I don't even know what else to say. Like, it was more of just that last thing that I said of me wanting to know you and more as a person, not focusing on your race, but I totally understand that. Talking about it is what's gonna make it a change. Uh, and and I think your, not- Ask your black friends a little bit more too. Huh? Ask your black friends. And, I, and I think that's yeah. actually why I don't, another reason why I don't talk a lot about it is because I, I have like one. <laughs> I have like one black friend. Let him educate you. Okay, let me tell you something. Just because, just because he acts like a white black dude doesn't mean he hasn't faced racism. If anything, He's I'll talk to him. I'll talk he, to he him. Just, he's quiet about it. If you if you talk to him, I promise you, he's gonna he's gonna tell I'm, you a few stories. Yeah, I'll, I'll I'll talk to him. Um, but <laughs> what is that look? That's it. I'm just I'm just just waiting. Go ahead, finish. finish with okay, yourself. okay. I gotta I gotta lock this thing down. Um, thank you, Jack, for joining me today. Um, I enjoyed this conversation. It definitely kept me alert the whole time you've definitely instilled knowledge in me and i hope that you educated not just me but a lot of other uh listeners out there and just thanks for joining me today always a pleasure awesome and i hope you guys listen next time on genuine connections